What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Matt Jessup, welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And at 5 p.m. when we're both a bit like... Lovely to be here and uh, thank you for making the time. Oh, thank you as well. I always think whenever the men speak up, especially, I'm very, very grateful that you're doing that. So we always just launch straight in here. So what led you into going and seeking some help or was it a series of things that led you in? To yeah, I think it was a series of things. Um, I think subconsciously I've known for some time that I was struggling uh, for a variety mm. of, uh, of reasons. I don't recall any one particular event that kind of sort of led me to go and seek help. I think it was more a mm. um, succession of, uh, um, uh, of of different things. I think a little bit of my my wife uh, cajoling me or nagging, depending on, uh, on, yeah. on which term you prefer. We, we women would just say nagging. We know we're nagging. We don't like <laughs> nagging. We just nag. <laughs> um, she cajoling does sound kinder, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, she she knows me well enough to know that I was struggling, so uh, um, she she encouraged me. Um, I had a conversation with a with a dear friend in the US who'd gone through a bit of a messy um, divorce, and uh, uh, he said something that stuck with me, um, being that um, uh, he'd been told in no uncertain terms that he wouldn't be much use to his kids and supporting them through um, a separation if he didn't first look after himself and. Um, get himself to a uh, to a good place, and that that really yeah, sh- struck home with tough. me. Um, it's uh, quite a I tough concept that, as well, isn't it? Because sometimes we feel like we're being a bit indulgent, or we're you know taking care of ourselves as sort of selfish or something. But it is exactly what you said that we cannot care for our families if we don't care for ourselves first. A hundred percent, and I think um, as a male as well i think there is an expectation that you're the kind of sort of the pillar of the family and the support and therefore mm. um to a certain extent for the, the the rest of the family i mean in most families we all know that the opposite is true it's normally the uh, uh, the woman that is the rock that holds everything together but uh, um i think there is an expectation that we're the strong ones and uh, um uh, um we don't necessarily need to look after ourselves first but but absolutely do um yeah. so yeah so when, you, said, when you were having that conversation when you were having that conversation what were you feeling what, what I sort of sometimes hear that people feel like they're sort of like I don't know glued down or weighed down or they feel blackness like what were you feeling when you actually opened up to your friend um it's, it's and I know it was it was a little uh, alcoholic uh, conversation. Yeah, there was fine. alcohol involved. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the best way to open up sometimes, isn't it? And then you get such a supportive response. You think, ah, now I can do that without the alcohol. <laughs> but what was going on in your like in your body if you were to explain it? Yeah, That's it's interesting. At five o'clock on a Monday. <laughs> at, at the time, I can't remember exactly. We, we were out for a meal after a conference, I think. Um, yeah. Um, and at the time, so when I did eventually seek counselling. One of the things that mm. my counsellor highlighted to me was that um, I had two very different personalities in the sense that 
Um, if she asked me about work, I'd be upbeat, effervescent, um, in my comfort zone and confident. And um, uh, th- I was in a work environment at the time. So I was, uh, and I was away from the home, and most of the challenges for um, were home related. So I think probably in that mm-hmm. moment, I was probably in quite a good place. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, the, the challenges at home. Um, were always there, always in the back of my mind. And I, and I remember feeling um, at the time when my friend sort of said this, it really resonated um, and sort of struck a chord with, do you know what, that makes so much sense. Um, uh, and then I, I think we probably carried on with the evening. And then it was later when I was reflecting on the uh, on the conversation of like, yeah, do you know what, that's, uh, that's so true. And I, I really need to... Do take some action. It's interesting because I think about at work, it can often be, which you've, you've expressed in your email to me, is sort of it's the logic side of what you do, isn't it? It's very, it's, it's quite controlled and you're on deadlines yeah. and it's, it's very easy to feel like a sense of achievement, whereas actually often when it's home, there's a lot more emotion involved and it's a lot harder to feel that, that impact. So I'm not surprised that you had the, the two sides to you that. Yeah, very much. Control is an interesting. Well, I'm not a control. I'm, yeah. I'm about as far from being a control freak as you can um, get. But in a work environment, I'm able to control and rationalise mm. um, things mm. and understand what's what's going on. Whereas at home, I think mm. a big part of my challenge is not being able to rationalise, understand my men's my son's mental health, um, mm. to rationalise, understand my. Uh, the, my wife's physical health issues that she was having at the time. I mean, she's yeah. fine now, but um, she went through a long period so where um, we didn't really know what the root cause of the problem was to be able to do it. So it felt very much being out of control um, yeah. as opposed to being in control um, yeah. in a work environment. And I confess I would use work as an escape from the issues at home. It was my safe space that I could run to and I would travel a lot and, work very long hours um, because it mm-hmm. got me away from having to kind of sort of face the, the the challenges that were going on at the time. That's a really huge confession and and just beautifully honest as well. Um, I said that a lot. I said that a lot in my home, actually, my childhood home. That, that's yeah. what dad would do. Yeah. yeah. Dad worked very long hours, pretty well yeah. to escape. Wasn't great yes. for us, but it was good for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can understand what you're saying, um, particularly you know when you, you with your wife's health issues, with that that almost feeling of helplessness, isn't it? Like I really want to, yeah. I want to, I want to fix you, and I can't fix you. I don't know what's going on. It's, yeah, and the same with my son as well. So I want to be able to do something, but but I don't know what or how. I don't even understand mm. kind of sort of the fact that he thinks differently to the average person. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, if you like, and it, uh, are you happy to, to share? Are you happy to share what? Yeah, he sure. Has? Because I was surprised it said it was rare when it's one in one thousand born. Like, isn't something like five to ten males are born with this a day? It's like, yes. it's very, but a lot of them go very, undiagnosed. Yeah, um, so it's not something that they check for. So yeah, he um, oh. uh, he has a an extra male chromosome. Um, a, syndrome called 47XYY. So um, everybody has 
23 pair, and I know a lot more about genetics than I did before he was yeah. born. <laughs> Which is cool, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> For um, the science brain, has, you're going to like that. Everybody has 23 pairs of chromosomes. Your 23rd right. pair um, are your sex chromosomes. Um, okay. So I have an X and a Y um, chromosome. You have two X chromosomes. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, my son has an X and two Y chromosomes. Um, it's a, it's not a genetic. It's a pure freak of. Um, it's not passed down. I mean, it's a pure right. kind of accidental um, thing. Um, you can have extra chromosomes on any one of the twenty-three pairs. Um, uh, Down syndrome, for example, is an extra chromosome. I think it's on the thirteenth pair. I could be wrong with that. Ah, so depending okay. which pair the extra chromosome attaches itself to means all sorts of different things um um and with xyy boys behavior and yeah um so they've not done a lot of studies into it (laughs) which is surprising when it's so many people that 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 was the bit that got me from your email so i'm immediately googling because obviously dr google knows everything but it was the rare that it's in this many people was the bit that like rare to me is it's like in one in one billion or something, you know, not like yeah, so that was quite surprising. So hence I was I was um a bit cheeky and delved into that. Yeah, I no, usually I, let people yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, on average boys with an extra male chromosome are four inches taller than their father. So I'm six foot three, right. so he's a big lad. He's six foot seven, yes. he's the type. So uh, um uh, and um have learning um and behavioural difficulties which right. absolutely sums him up um uh, he's 28 now um so um it's plateaued um a bit um 10 years mm. ago 18 19 20 that was that was the hardest part um, yeah of course all the, the hormones are rushing through their body through the teenage years um yeah. at, at the time and um even without an extra chromosome then obviously teenagers struggle to control their emotions um yeah I vaguely, long time ago now, but I vaguely remember going through that phase myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. There's um, still a lot of teenagers wandering around out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's another conversation for another podcast. So when you went, okay, there's been this series of things and you spoke to your friend, what did you then do? Did you go and speak to someone? You mentioned a counsellor. Like what was, yeah, what was so the, what actually helped? went through. What didn't help? Maybe something didn't help. <laughs> I went through several different counsellors and the first few were more just talking therapy Um, so somebody sitting there listening and the opportunity to unburden yourself which was kind of okay and it works for some people and and I'm not knocking it at all but for me I kind of sort of wasn't learning anything new from it or moving forward at all and yes initially the kind of first few sessions, an opportunity to unburden yourself and you kind of sort of get that that feeling of release in doing so. But after a while, it was like, this isn't really taking me um, anywhere. Oh, and it was a um, another friend who's a, um, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, I think it stands for, mm. um, yeah. practitioner, um, who said to me, try sort of more interventionist um, counselling, be it NLP, mm. Um, or, um, or or one of the others. So I tried a different counsellor who was more interventionist, who would actually challenge my thinking um, yeah. uh, and, and, and question, well, 
why? Why do you think like that? Why do you do, do you feel mm. that? To, uh, and it was that that made me stop and kind of start to reevaluate my thoughts and my feelings and uh, and those types of things. And that for me um, personally was was really what what made um, a difference. Um, yeah. It is uh, quite amazing, uh, isn't it? When someone, it's amazing when. Sorry to interrupt you. When someone oh, shows oh. you that I'm so good at that, though. Um, <laughs> they have to put that on my tombstone. Loves to interrupt. Um, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I always get so excited. But it is amazing. I remember I, I talk about Michelle Zolly so much when she she showed me that that like you can choose a different thought, and you, it's like when yeah. you come to that realization and you start going. Why am I thinking that? You know, I'm sure many who've listened to the podcast know I always think when I'm having a, a really negative phase, I then suddenly go, oh, I'm going to think about my dog. I will yeah. focus on him and I'll take myself off to something pleasant. But it's that, it's like a light bulb goes off, isn't it? And suddenly yeah. it's like, well, I can choose what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing. Quite, so I'm glad that helped. But I get I, that feeling of wanting to, the motivation to go forward. I get that. I really get that. It definitely did help, um, and it got to the point where I was in a much better place, um, mm. uh, and I stopped. Um, but I, more recently, I've re-engaged um, uh, with Dawn, uh, my uh, my cancer, because Great. after time, it becomes harder and harder to kind of sort of self-maintain staying in mm-hmm. that, um, that good place. Um, so, again... Uh, recently, I mean, Ollie's gone through. I mean, my wife's health, as I say, is all sorted now, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, yeah, but Ollie still relate. goes through good phases and not so, and more challenging phases. And he's had a challenging mm-hmm. phase recently. So, um, yeah, I found myself in a space where, I, again, I need to um, kind of sort of talk through my feelings and, and help to understand okay. and try and, as much as is possible, rationalise um, and get back into a um, into a better place. Um, and yeah. although I'm better at doing some of that myself, I still mm. need the help and support from time to time. I, so uh, I, I, I think it's crucial because yeah. they hold a mirror up to us. Absolutely, you know, it's like a. I, you know, I've had it. So I, I mentioned Roderick to you earlier, Roderick yeah. Lambert. So he's my business yeah. coach, but he's gone very much into the health. And he, when he was my business coach, he'd like hold a mirror up to me. And he'd just yeah. say, do you know you're using all this language? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's, even though I've done all of the healing and the on my personal stuff, even on the business yeah. side, there were things that I was doing. So I always find that really, I think that's where they're so powerful. Yes. At, at being able to just hold that mirror up and hold you a bit accountable. Um, yes. But it's also, it's it's so much peeling layers as well. So you will get through to a point and you're okay and then you need to shift through another level, which is sort of yeah. up shifting your healing. So yeah, that's great to hear. So what else have you done? Well, did you say CBT somewhere or is that what that is? Yeah, so Dawn, Dawn so um, the, the counsellor that worked for me is CBT. Mm. Um, yeah. So I didn't go down the NLP route. I went down the CBT route. Um, I, I'm what's the, what's the CBT like? What's it like? What's it like, the CBT? I um, actually haven't had it, I don't think, of everything I've done. <laughs> It's it, it's good. It, it really worked for me. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure different things work for different people, and I'm not kind of sort of mm. knocking any of the other um, kind mm. of sort of variants uh, at all. But um, um, as I say, it was um, she would sort of question and draw out yeah. 
the different circumstances and what was happening, flipping between kind of sort of what's been happening this week, what are your raw emotions, um, to the kind oh, of, okay. of longer term going back into your past. Um, uh, and as I described them, she would then stop me from time to time and go, right, okay, let's just probe into that one. Why do you think that? And question um, what I'd said. Um, yeah. And um, not could be quite confrontational, not not in an aggressive way or anything like that, but, no, no. but not not allowing me to just kind of sort of bluff my way past it and, <laughs> and move on, um, but make sure that, yeah, I really did kind of sort of uh, be introspective and, and, and look at what yeah. I was saying and why I was saying it and the way that I was saying it. Um, and release to, the to emotion. Really understand it. Yeah. Did you hear Troy on the podcast a few weeks ago? He was talking about exactly that, that he went to all of these sessions and eventually they went, okay, so can I have the real Troy now? <laughs> and he yeah. went, oh, damn it. <laughs> like he, yeah. he was people pleasing. He was yeah. saying what he thought they wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and we do, I mean, I do it all day, every day at work. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it's kind of sort of I've got an agenda and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, in a very polite way, of course, mm. but kind of sort of, of course, go down the path that I'm intending to go down. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden you find this person in your way going, oh, hang on a minute. Um, uh, mm. But, and that was what was great about it. There was, uh, um, yeah. uh, and she also did a, I, I think I mentioned to you on my email, I've never been formally mm. diagnosed with complex PTSD, but um, yeah. she did a, an informal assessment and I was, way past the the threshold at the um at the time um uh, because of everything that had uh, had happened and um at home um and that yeah. kind of, sort of helped me sort of understand that yeah it's you're not just kind of sort of being a wuss or or or, or anything like that but actually yeah no mm. you you are struggling here um, yeah. So that was that was kind of a helpful exercise to go through as well, mm. just to put some context around it. Yeah, I mean that was I, I. I mean I had complex PTSD from my childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, but you can get it from any repetitive trauma, and that's yeah. the difference between it. Obviously, in PTSD is that repetition, but you can yeah. heal from it. So if you feel like yeah, oh, I'm going to live with this forever, you don't have to. If you keep doing the self work, you will get to that point where there's a lot of ease around it. Um, but it was interesting listening to Gabor Mate, and I will probably drop this in the podcast quite a lot, actually, um, a bit cheekily, but the he was saying that a lot of highly sensitive children, which is like one in five, one in six people are born with high sensitivity, who even yeah. just have stressed parents can end up with complex PTSD, but it shows as ADHD. Right, okay, diagnosed with. And they're given a drug because that suits the pharmaceutical company. Yeah. So I yeah. have this concern all the time when people say they've got ADHD and I'm listening to the symptoms going, gosh, that sounds just like complex PTSD. And you've told me you've been through that. And, yeah. Hmm. And then you can, like you've done, go and get help and start easing the symptoms rather than numbing with a. Yeah. But anyway, that's just me having a little side rant. The, other, <laughs> the interesting part for me is kind of sort of the, and I know some of it is putting labels, but actually labels sometimes can help mm. in terms of contextualizing mm. um, yeah. things. But uh, an aspect of the PTSD, which I'm, I'm sure um, you've seen, is the mm. different events trigger different behaviors. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and 
um, Ollie would come through the front door um, and within a matter of seconds, I was, depending on how he was, I would either be in fight or flight mode, uh, defensive. Absolutely. Um, uh, Hypervigilance. Previous experiences uh, what's and all of those kind of things. And helping me Absolutely. understand that response and mm-hmm. talk myself down from it um, at, at, at times uh, was super helpful in terms of moving forward. Yeah. That's amazing. And just to, to really un- gain that awareness, like hi- that, it's it's like a hypervigilance. Yes. Um, in that, you know, you're, you go onto alert mm-hmm. and just when you suddenly realise that. But the triggers is really interesting. What I will say is I've healed my core wounds because mine came from child abuse, so I've healed that, yeah. but I can still trigger. Yeah. So, you know, um, Sue Ingram will attest to that when we were away last year. She said something as a joke and I just did not take it as a joke. And I went, which is not like me. And I've known yeah. her for years. And it was yeah. just like, but she, I thought she was doing what mum used to do, which was lying about me. And she was just joking and she really yeah. was just joking. And it all came from heart because she's just gorgeous. And it was like, oh. But it was over in seconds. It was the yeah. really quick awareness of, whoa, hang on. Rather than it used to be, it became days worth of drama. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's so good that you've got that awareness so you can start just yeah, creating a safe space for yourself as well when you're kind of going into a situation with him. Sorry, I interrupted you again. One, no, no, that's right. No, I was interrupting you. Apologies. Um, <laughs> no, do, please. One, one of my unhelpful behaviours is my, mm. one of my coping strategies when things got challenging was to was to mm. withdraw um, yep. uh, and shut down in terms of communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and that drove two things which kind of perpetuated the problem. One... I wasn't communicating, so I was making the situation worse with the people around me. Um, mm. uh, but also by withdrawing, I was withdrawing into my own head and perpetuating my own narrative around what Trauma. was wrong and all of these kind of things. And again, making the um, the situation worse. So, kind of sort of having that fight or flight um, reaction and being able to recognise it and, and modify my my behaviours as part of that has definitely made a difference. Uh, I don't know, I still yeah, do. You feel yourself. Yeah. Uh, um, I've still got a long way to go, but um, having that kind of sort of awareness definitely helps. There's probably a difference now. Like you can now say to your wife, I know I'm withdrawing. I just yeah. need to go and withdraw. I will be back. Yeah. Almost reassuring her rather than, oh, gosh, how long is he going to be gone for? He's going on. Going because it, yeah. it is—it's a very male thing to withdraw. I think this is why I'm struggling to get men to speak on the podcast, and so I'm so grateful. Yeah. It, It's—it's that normal thing to just withdraw and shush, and don't yeah. shut down, stiff up a lip. Yeah. And of course, that's not what we need as women. We—we we need the opposite. <laughs> so, exactly. And my wife. Even it's okay outside. if you kind of give it a time frame. Sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, my wife's particularly outgoing and extrovert, so it's she finds mm. it exceptionally frustrating when I withdraw because it's the complete opposite of her norm. Um, mm. So uh, um, it does create tensions from uh, from time to time. Um, but yeah. a, a part of it is you need that space to a certain extent, but um, mm. uh, but doing it too often and too deeply and for too too long. Exactly is destructive and recognising that and being able to pull myself out of it. 
Which is great, isn't it? That, that that's what you got out of the session, like even just that. But there'll be, I'm sure there's so much more. I think that realization of um, understanding how you're reacting and why you're reacting that way as well. Like, yeah. I just, I wish there was more information around about complex PTSD. There's a few people popping up that are being very vocal about it, which is great. So give it time because yeah. oh, there's we'll plenty of it around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then the other thing that sort of learning for me, which I've learned to recognize over the years, not through anybody kind of sort of telling me, but just more kind of sort of working it out for myself mm. is um, the importance of sleep. Um, so, oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately, I uh, one of my self medication um, strategies uh, was to comfort eat, and I still do. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, weight has then led to um, sleep apnea um, and the quality of my sleep being poor. Thank but um, and I still struggle with that now. I have a CPAP machine, mm -hmm. but um, um, I do need to lose weight, and that would help with that situation. Mm -hmm. um, but recognizing when I'm tired um, mm -hmm. and how different I, how much better I deal with situations when I'm not tired to when I am tired, yeah. um, and the yeah. importance of sleep and um, trying and to do what I can. If you're comfort eating, if you're comfort eating, you're probably going for the sugary sweets yep. stuff. It's, yep, which is keeping you awake, especially yep. around three. That's when it begins to get me, which is when we then go into a worrying zone, overthinking. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's a it is a vicious, vicious cycle. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely, and difficult to break. Yeah, but I think it's interesting because I think if you keep continuing on that path and then that really helps you with the self-worth, you will stop reaching for the comfort eating. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I have, I would call it food addiction probably yeah. more than yeah. – um, and it's a, it's a toughie. It's it's quite – and it's definitely one of um, – I've put the – in my memoir, I've put the trauma tree, and it's quite interesting because it is one of the addictions, food addiction, yeah. and it's, it's a, it is a way of – um, yeah, so my wife's given me a, a very good role role model for breaking that. Um, so in the last year, she's lost five stone and uh, um, exercising regularly, and um, um, has done fantastically well. Very proud of her. Um, what so was she's... this switch? Was it? Did she sort out something like up here that helped? Sorry for the podcast. I'm pointing at my head. <laughs> I keep forgetting there's a podcast here as well. But it was a mental thing as well, not just a, oh, I'm going to calorie deprive or whatever awful thing that is. Involved. It was, um, yeah, it was actually um, a flight to America, nine hours on a plane, um, problems with her back and her hips and being in a lot of okay. discomfort. Um, and her brother lives uh, just north of Seattle. So it was like, if I don't sort something out, sort myself out potentially mm. i'm not going to be able to go and see my brother and she's actually off to see her brother in in, in a few weeks which is uh, which is great and it was it, it was that one particular well a flight to yeah. florida and back again where she really really struggled which was the trigger for her to go no i've got to sort this out um That's now amazing. so um uh, yeah she's done fantastically well um yeah. but shown me a path of yeah it can be done and you can break the cycle yeah. and uh, um and make a difference yeah. so I mean, she's only... certainly it, 
you've got to have the reason. So she's had a strong reason. But with yours, yeah. I feel like there is that underlying cause. And I know there's stuff which we won't go into, but th there is other stuff. And I think that once you start healing that, then it will just be easier. Yeah, well. definitely. It, it is I'm, it is mostly food. That's the really interesting thing. We often think, oh, we have to exercise, exercise. Exercise is very important, particularly as we're yeah. older. But actually most yeah. of it is the food. Yeah, um, it just cha changes. Yeah. But there are also ways to do it without feeling hungry, believe it or not, <laughs> which the, is the, the important. Step, the extra step for me, which is kind of tied into what we were talking about earlier, which mm. which I know, but I haven't quite cracked it yet, um, uh, is work is my comfort zone, but it also mm -hmm. becomes my excuse for not having time to do the exercise, which is total rubbish, really. Um, it's not really a good excuse, but I use it as an excuse. So, oh, I've got too, too much work to do. I haven't got time to go for a walk or um, mm. uh, uh, do these kind of things. And uh, that's yep. the bit that I need to kind of sort of break in my head to yeah. get me on the, on the right path. I, I'm going to take you straight back to the trauma tree because it is work addiction is very real. Yeah. Uh, exercise addiction is also one. So oh, my ex-husband, yeah. exercise addiction. So like he is stick thin and um, forever exercising, but that fills a void for him. But it's like it's another distraction. Yeah. Um, so actually it's all about balance. While you're saying that, I'm just thinking of the deadlines I've got coming up and must make sure I keep exercising. <laughs> <laughs> the self-imposed deadline I've just given myself. <laughs> it's like, oh, didn't think that through. What about the exercise? Because I know I'm like you, it'll be the first thing that gets thrown out. Yes, but actually, it's it's funny. Just even just even doing it from a strength point of view, it's just. I bet your wife says that as well. Just feeling strong again is really yeah. quite exciting. Yeah, it's, it really yeah, does. Not so much the addiction, but just the that feeling of strong. Feeling so what, strong and, and a feeling of taking back control of uh, her, of her life as well. It's a real kind of sort of positive yeah. drug, if you like, in its own right. That's uh, that's been yeah. been really good for her. She'll have no problem on that flight this time. No, and also Seattle's quite outdoorsy city as well, so she'll be able to walk around Seattle really easily as well. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and her brother's not in this, here. not in the cold. I hope. Sorry, sorry, I missed that. I was just saying, her brother's very outdoorsy as well, so they'll be out oh. exercising and walking the dog when they're out there and yeah. all of those good things. So, uh, um, yeah, no, she's very much looking okay. forward to it. I have seen some hysterical photos of Seattle in the snow. It's not so great. <laughs> just lots of people sliding down hills. So I hope she's not going when it's like that. <laughs> That's for sure. I should, I should be jealous because uh, I'm right down on the south coast. So um, yep. I can't remember the last time we had snow down here of any significance, and I really miss it. So it was uh, it always snowed in my childhood, and we don't seem to get it these days down here on the coast. So no. uh, um, I'll, I'll be warming. jealous if it snows while she's out there. Yeah, I think we had like a smattering the other day here in London, but it was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah nothing, not like you used yeah. to have. So if you were to leave the listener with like a final thought or a final words, what, what would they be for anyone that's listening or or even for yourself? What, what's, what's next? What do you plan to do besides the weight thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think to the, the spirit of the, the, the podcast, I mean, if, it, mm. if you're thinking about breaking the cycle and doing something, do it. You, you you you'll never regret it, um, and it'll be different things for different people are the are the right way forward. But just mm. do something um, uh, and break the cycle. And uh, there's no no shame in asking for help. And 
uh, and seeking help whatsoever. Um, uh, but also, again, a bit like me at the moment, if you've done it in the past and it helped, um, then get back to it. Um, so yeah. uh, I'm sure you know better than I that it's a, uh, it's a, it's a lifelong journey um, mm. that you keep need to keep feeding it and uh yeah. uh, moving forward um Absolutely. so uh yeah if you haven't done it do That's it excellent if you need yeah. to do it again do it again yeah and i also love that you you tried something you're like mm, it wasn't for me but then you tried something else and you tried yeah. you know you didn't and sometimes people feel like they can't do that and you should because yeah i've tried lots of Absolutely. things and some i've gone and others i'm like oh my gosh i love this and and you're exactly right. It's what suits that person. It's yes. we're all so different, aren't we? Find the person with the therapy or whatever the yeah. healing modality that helps you. As well. I, so I mean, I think, it, as I mentioned, the trigger for me was was talking mm. to friends and colleagues and um, getting their ideas and input. I mean, if it wasn't mm. for one friend who said, "Well, try something interventionist," um, mm. and if it wasn't for my conversation with my my colleague originally in America um, that had been kind of sort of the original seed of it all. So if you're not talking to people just informally and kind of sort of helping you shape what is the right way forward in, in, in your mind, so don't be afraid to have those conversations. The one thing I have learned, um, uh, the one thing I've, I've never had a problem with is kind of sort of talking about my son or my wife to, to other people and, and yeah. that has always helped. Um, and the one thing that I have learned through talking to people is the number of people that have all different challenges but Stuff. relatable challenges that, that, that they're going through. I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of kind of sort of you there's not many of us out there that are struggling in the way that I'm struggling or whatever it, it might be. And that's just couldn't be that's further from true. the truth. Yeah. Ian Pettigrew has a beautiful question, and I know that I saw in your email you wrote that your someone actually asked you how you were. Yeah. Um, his question is, "How are you today?" And yeah. he's like, "Ask people, how are you today?" And it's yeah. like it's such a powerful question, and then oh, people can't really fob it off either. Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, Matt, question. just Matt, if people want to get in touch with you, shall I put your LinkedIn? Is that Please the do. easiest yeah, if someone wanted yeah, to get in touch? Yeah. Um, but thank you. I think you're so right. Just, and, and you've bravely spoken up on this podcast and I think that's it, isn't it? Just speak up, talk to people. I yeah. think you're so right. It's, it's, 100%. there's plenty of people having stuff. Yeah. So, um, absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful oh, no, thank for your you. time. No, absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave, how vulnerable. All to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalize this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.